This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Jody and I want to greet you and each and every family and individual. We want to encourage you. Um, And on a day like this, some people are really excited and some people are feeling lost, but we are thankful as a family of God we get to be together. Amen. And I wasn't able to do this in the earlier services, but in this service, I want to honor my mom. And she doesn't know this is coming. Mom, would you stand up right there? She's in the third row down here. That's my mom, my mama. And uh, one of the things that's been on her heart, if you know my parents, they're into discipleship like mad, like crazy. And uh, my mom had it in her heart to start something called the Spiritual Moms to raise up and use women that are spiritually mature to mentor younger women in our church. And mom, I am so proud of you. At this stage of the journey, you keep out living, out dreaming, out doing, and out caring for people. And uh, I'm so, so grateful for you. And um, because my mom was the, the template, if you will, that I had to choose from when I wanted to look for a wife, uh, I couldn't have imagined having somebody as good as my mom, but I think God outdid that with my wife. How'd you like how I just did that, guys? So, I'm so grateful for Jody and all the years we got to raise our kids, and now um, they're getting married and having kids and all of that stuff. And I just think of the journey that we've been on. Uh, it's been an honor to be your husband, and there's nobody in the whole world that I'd rather hear preach than you. Would you give it up for my wife, Jody, as she cares today? Thanks, honey. I want to give a shout out to my mom, too, who is in the second service, and so I'm sure she's watching again. So happy Mother's Day to you, Mom, as well. And Frida, thank you. I don't think I've uh, made it quite as awesome as she is, but we'll get there at some point. I still got, you know, years ahead of me to mature and grow in my faith. And uh, Nate, if you like my preaching, I can keep giving you more two cents at home, and, you know, (laughs) we'll see if he still likes it then, right? All right, so happy Mother's Day. This is an exciting day for some and not as exciting for others. Some people, you know, this is their first Mother's Day and you're excited and you got breakfast in bed. I mean, uh, last service, my son Timmy gave me flowers and I'm like, oh, it's so fun when the girls are entering their lives because they start thinking of things that they didn't think before. Um, Some of us are grieving the loss of a mom or a child. Uh, Others are struggling, wishing they were a mom. Some people are estranged from their family and it's just a lot of different things but we can all know that this is the day that the Lord has made and we can rejoice and be glad in it so to all of you we celebrate you ladies today no matter where you're at what age and stage you're at this is a great day so title of my message is choose joy now I don't know about you but for me joy does not come naturally In fact, in my 20s, I had a friend named Amy who became a joy mentor to me. So she's like, Jody, you gotta lighten up, just laugh a little bit, kind of loosen up. And like, that was super helpful. And then in my 30s, my kids uh, helped be joy mentors to me. You know, if you can't, uh, you know, beat them, join them. So I just kind of began to laugh at a while. Um, And then in my 40s, you know, honestly, my greatest joy mentor is my dog, Kobe. 
So Nate and I were married 25 years, and actually our son Josiah kind of talked us into getting this dog, and he's a black lab, and every time I walk in the house, that dog is happy to see me. And like, he does kind of like smell my breath to see if I've got food that he can like mooch off of me, but still, you know, it's like, it's such an exciting time. But, um, you know, as I was preparing for this message, do you know that the Bible has hundreds of Bible verses about joy? I mean, that really surprised me. Like the Bible is full of joy and celebration and good things. And I uh, got to this Friday and Nate is like enjoying his time and just hanging out and having a good old time. And I'm laboring over this message going, Lord, what do you want to say? Uh, am I getting some feedback? See, count it all joy, right? All right, can you hear me now? All right, so as I'm laboring over this message, I, Nate's enjoying his day off, having a good old time, and, you know, and I'm like, honey, you know, I, I found myself crying. I called him, and I started crying so hard, and I'm like, Nate, there's all these messages. I really feel like the Lord dropped joy in my heart, and I can't figure out, you know, what I do with all these verses, and then I start laughing. I'm like, I'm crying over preparing a message about joy, and I, it, was not, it was not tears of joy. It was like tears of frustration, and so then he's like, it's okay, Jody. I go through this every week, you know, and I'm like, I think it's probably good that I only speak not very often because it's like labor. You have to, you have to like forget how bad it was having the last kid for you to face it again, and that's kind of what it is, like message prep. And then on these days, it's like having triplets. So I don't know. Uh, so anyhow, like he just kind of encouraged me and talked me through it. And so I'm like, okay, you know, if it doesn't work out, babe, you're preaching. So um, some of us have to contend with joy. We have to like go after it and really choose joy. So the title is Choose Joy. So I want to update you on my family. Uh, we celebrated my mom's birthday a couple weeks ago and having all of our sons together, I'm like, we got to take some pictures. So we're going to put that picture up of my boys. So this is Nate and I and our four boys, David, Jeff, Tim, and Josiah. And it's uh, a great joy. They've grown up very fast. Um, and then the next picture, throw, put that one up. We, we've added some girls into the mix. It's been awesome. I'm like, can Case in point, I got flowers today, and I'm like, thanks, Shy. She's like, no, it was Timmy. I'm like, I really know, thanks. Timmy's real, Timmy, you're really thoughtful. So we're excited. Uh, Tim is going to be getting married, Tim and Shy, in a couple months. So I'll get another daughter-in-law. And uh, that's exciting. And when we were celebrating my mom's birthday, Camry, my daughter-in-law, was in a wedding, so she wasn't able to be there. So we've got to put that picture up so we can include. This is Jeff. He is an associate campus pastor at our Elk River campus and the youth pastor up there. And Camry and then Kevin. You see Kevin? Like, oh, everyone, Kevin. Uh, having a grandson is so exciting. Now, did you catch how I put that? I didn't call me like Grandma Jody, you know. This is this is uh, kind of a work in progress. I'm not ashamed of being a grandparent, but I'm just. This is our first one, so we're just easing into this slowly. But you know, my hubby Nate, he's taking this grandpa thing like way too serious, and I'm like, Nate. It's okay. He's, he's very serious about this grandparenting thing. And ten, like 10 days ago, a week and a half ago, we were at a pastor's conference. Now, we don't do that very often. We don't go to conferences very much. And in fact, a lot of times as the kids were growing up, I stayed back and I'd send Nate to these conferences. So I, we went to this conference 10 days ago and we were just chatting and I'm like, this is so weird. I'm with Nate somewhere where nobody knows him. Like that doesn't happen very often. And so, you know, I'm feeling a little bit insecure. And so we're just talking to Nate, like 
you know, starts talking to people and saying, hey, I'm Nate, I'm a grandpa. And I'm like, okay, he might as well just say like, hi, I'm Grandpa Nate. Like, we haven't met these people. Like, you know, they're like, most of them are five years younger than us. They're not in this stage. Like, Nate is not like super cool. So just, can you just like, can you ease into the grandpa thing? So it's really like, he's almost like going, hi, I'm Grandpa Nate. You know, I'm like, all right, whatever. And so then we had um, one of the sessions where we had to do lunch. And so there's buffet lunch and we're standing in line and going, okay, where are we going to sit? Like, okay, we're going to sit. These guys invited us. Okay, well, let's get our buffet and go over there and sit with them. And all of a sudden, Nate's phone rings. And I'm like, you're not going to answer that. Oh, I, I have to get this. I have to get this. I'm like, who is it? Is it Ben? Like, is there, Pastor Ben, is there something going on at church that this is so important that you're going to answer the phone call in the middle of this conference lunch? And he's like, oh, I got to get it. I got to get it. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm like, Nate, tell Jeff that we can FaceTime him later. We're like, and he's like, Jody, this is super important. And I'm like, this is super weird. You know, like, like, ladies, there's hope. Like, these guys really get into these kids. And so Nate's like, hey, hi, Kevin. Yeah, this is Grandpa. Oh, and like, Kevin's like, he's only one. It's not even like he's five. And so then he kind of like babbles and Nate's like convinced he can understand what he's saying. He's like, I'm like, okay, babe. <laughs> and this didn't just happen at the conference. This happens all the time. So like this picture that they've got up right now, like Kevin like walks around with the phone and he sets the phone down so he can see what he's doing and he's like watching us. So it's, it's, it's very funny. So I do, like, in full disclosure, I really do like the grandparenting thing. It's pretty awesome, but, you know. So uh, all of us want to be noticed, especially when somebody's happy to be with us and we are happy to be with them. And joy represents a sense of feeling of gladness, uh, elation, or happiness in the Bible. It is an inward reality that may be expressed outwardly. Joy is a response to God and circumstances and or circumstances. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I think it's interesting that the fruits lead with that. Uh, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy is not an emotion. It's a state of being, um, and it's really an important part of our Christian walk. So joy is important. If it's so important, how do we get it? Well, the Bible says a lot about joy. And like I said earlier, there's like hundreds of verses. And if you want to have a good study, just like go into your Bible app and search for joy and read all the scriptures. In the Old Testament, joy is associated with victory over our enemies. And it's also associated with the presence of the Lord. When we're obedient to him, we can have joy in his presence. And in Nehemiah, the verses, uh, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. In the New Testament, joy is associated with victory uh, through salvation through Jesus, where we've got victory over the enemy, we've got victory over sin, and also in the New Testament talks a lot about joy in Christian community. So when should we be joyful? Like if you've been around Emmanuel a while, Pastor Nate will talk about, hey, what time is it? And we all say... 429. And that's Ephesians 429. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Well, I want to propose another time for you today. What time is it? 516. 1 Thessalonians 516 says this, always be joyful. What time is it? 516. 
always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 4 says it this way. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. But we all know that our joy levels can fluctuate with different things and circumstances in our life. And today I want to talk to you about David in the Bible. And David was called a man after God's own heart in Acts 13, verse 22. And yet David sinned and found himself low on joy. Now, in 2 Samuel chapter 11, uh, while the kings were supposed to be out to war and uh, David was supposed to be with them, he was disobedient and he stayed back. And he saw a beautiful woman who was not his wife named Bathsheba. And she was actually married to another man. And he said, go get her and bring her to me. And so they brought Bathsheba to him. He slept with her. She became pregnant. Long story short, he had her husband killed. And uh, God sent a prophet named Nathan to come talk to him and confront him about the sin. And today the scripture I want to talk about is in Psalm 51, where David begins to pray to the Lord and repent of his sin. Now notice how concerned David was with God's presence and joy. Psalm 51, verse 4. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. Verse 7. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. And in the English Standard Version, it says this for verse 9. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Couple thoughts. Uh, David acknowledges that God saw his sin. So God, with God's eyes, saw his sin. And David, in his disobedience, he repents and turns back to God. He, he had done evil in God's sight. Forgiveness, repentance, and obedience are prerequisites to communing with God and being in God's presence. Verse 8, David asked for God to give him back his joy. Do you know that joy comes from God? Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Joy, again, is more than an emotion. It's the contented resting in God. Restore means to turn or turn about. So today, I am excited to share with you four powerful ways that you can choose joy. Are you guys ready? All right, the first one, choose joy. Spend time with God. Now, I'm not talking about any God. I'm talking about God of the Bible. Spend time with God. David had to repent, pray, and worship, and obey God. He was going to, he went and prayed. He's spending time with God. And in the scripture, the Hebrew word panim, panim is used for presence. And the word panim is often translated presence to make it easier for us to read, but it's more accurately translated face. So if you look at verse 11 again, don't banish me from your presence, could read don't banish me from your face. 
Same word that was used in verse nine uh, for face. So sometimes we think of God's presence as just being in the same room, but it's more than that. God's presence is his face turned toward us. You know, how many times we go, hello, do you see me? You know, and he is watching us. God saw uh, his sin, and now David wants to turn toward God and have God turn toward him. So I am a quality time person. And Nate likes to say that I'm a quantity time person. And they probably do go together. Um, but like when my kids, they'll go, Mom, you know, there's some of my kids, if, if they're not wanting to hang out with me a lot, they're probably not making great choices. Like when they, when they like kind of like back away, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I see. Or if they want me to be excited about something that's not like right, it's really hard. It's like, oh, I'd rather not see it. Uh, sometimes that's like the best part of empty nesting is that you don't have to see everything, right? <laughs> and all the parents said, amen. Okay, so my grandson, uh, Kevin, he likes attention. And so I get to babysit him once a week. And so my daughter-in-law, Camry's like, don't worry about cleaning the house. Just pay attention to Kevin. And I'm like, sweet, I can do that. So all I just do is like, I am watching him and we're hanging out. We're rocking him to sleep and all that. And uh, that's what it's like with God, like paying attention to him and us to God. So my mom tells a story of when my brother was little. Uh, How many of you remember the phones with the cord? Like truly, there were back in the day, uh, the the phone hung on the wall and there was a cord. And my mom was talking to her friend and my brother was four years old. And my mom's like, hey, hello, hello. And she looks and my four-year-old brother cut the phone cord. And, and so how many of you know they could be in the same room, but if they're not like paying attention to each other, it's not the same. And so uh, let's look at a few more scriptures with God's face of joy turning toward us. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will make known to me the way of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And that same word, panin, is uh, in your right hand, there are pleasures for, forevermore. So in your face is abundance of joy. Psalm 89, 15. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord, for they will walk in the light of your face, Lord. Psalm 21, verse 6. You have endowed him with eternal blessings and give him the joy of your presence. You have made him exceedingly glad with your face. And in Numbers, there's the blessing that Aaron the priest pronounced over the people, and it used the same word, panim. Numbers 6, 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So think about how different it feels when we talk about seeing the face versus just being in the same room. Think about how it feels when we know that somebody is happy to be with us and we are happy to be with them. It creates this excitement in our heart and just know that that's what the joy of the Lord and God's presence is like. He's looking at us and we're looking at him and this is joy. Now I have a friend, Shirley Dennis. Uh, she is 86 years old and when I go to her house, she's like, Jody, come on in. She's happy to see me. I'm happy to see her. She's like, why don't you stay a while? And What's going on, honey, in your life? And I could just talk to her and she talks to me and we pray together and it's such a great time. And it was like the Lord showed me that's what it's like in his presence. 
Why don't you come and stay a while? And you're happy to see him, and he's happy to see you. Proverbs 15, verse 30. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. So the second thing about how to choose joy is imitate Jesus. So the first one was spend time with God. The second one is imitate Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we can, could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about Jesus bringing joy? Like joy is so much through the scripture and the only time we really always talk about it is at Christmas, like joy to the world. But when Jesus came to earth, he brought joy. So after the angel appeared to Mary uh, and told her that she would bear the Son of God and she'd have the Savior, she went running off to her cousin Elizabeth's house. And listen to what Elizabeth said in Luke 1.44. When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. So Jesus, even at conception, was bringing joy to others. Then when Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds out in the field. And do you remember what was said then? Luke 2.10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So when Jesus was on earth, he was on mission to seek and save the lost. And there were times of suffering, and when he knew he had to go to the cross, he was thinking about eternity. He was thinking about us. He was thinking about us in this room. And in Hebrews 12, 2, we can imitate Jesus and see how he did it. He said that, or Hebrews 12, 2 says this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne beside God's throne. So Jesus came and he paid the penalty for our sin. And if you haven't experienced that joy, you can experience that today of knowing that our names are in heaven. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Did you know that repentance brings joy? Like we saw with David in the beginning when he repented and turned back to God, he was able to get his joy back. But it wasn't just joy for then, it's joy for now. And Jesus was talking um, about some parables and he said this, that when they found the last coin, in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angel when even one sinner repents. So can you imagine heaven looking down at us and the angels seeing us and there's joy when even one of us repents? Jesus wants, to, uh, wants our joy to be full through obedience. In John 15, verse nine, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So the first way uh, to choose joy is spend time with God. The second is imitate Jesus. Now the third one to choose joy, make the most of your troubles. Now that doesn't sound too exciting, does it? Make the most of your troubles. But do you know that joy can coincide with, with uh, other emotions and feelings? So we can be afraid or we can be nervous, we can be apprehensive, but we can still have joy. Uh, we can have troubles and still have joy. Don't mistake joy for pleasures and happiness. It's not the same. 
The joy in the Lord is that deep satisfaction that in the end, it's all gonna work out and we win in eternity. It's believing God's promises are true regardless of our current situation. So James 1, starting in verse two says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And that word perfect means mature. So when we go through the hard times, we can be excited because we're growing, we're maturing, we're changing. First Peter 1.6 says, so, truly, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. First Peter 4.13 says, instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Did you ever think about your trials serving you well? Your trials can really serve you well and help you to grow. Trials are like going to the gym. They're like spiritually going to the gym. We don't really like doing all the exercise and lifting weights, but we sure do feel a lot better when we're done, right? Think of trials like that. And joy, it helps us grow. I had a time in my life, and anybody who's a parent will experience this. You know, having kids are super fun until you realize that they have a free will and can make their own choices, right? Uh, and there were times that I, I just, you know, I was so attached to my kids and kind of going up and down with their emotions. And um, we're going through a little bit of a hard time, and I just found myself just crying out to God, just crying, going, Lord, did I fail? You know, like, am I a bad mom? Those kind of moments. And it was like the Lord began to do a work in me and just said, you know what? You need to be dependent on me, not dependent on your kids' choices, not dependent on other things. You need to trust me. Because how many know that we only see in part? God sees everything, and God's working out things in our kids. And if we can count it all joy, he is at work. And God began to do a work in me. In fact, I had a friend going, wow, this trial has served you well. You are like growing and maturing, and you're growing closer to Jesus. So we can count it all joy. Another um, thing I had going on in my life is my, I have an identical twin sister. And she was having some eye problems, so she went to the eye doctor, and then I went to the eye doctor, and then she went to the eye doctor again. And we got this retina thing going on. So then she ended up at the Mayo Clinic, and they're like, well, you know, you should have your vision for a while, but we'll be here to transition you to like a white cane and a seeing eye dog. And then she comes and tells me, I'm like, what? You know, we're like, we're identical twins. And then I started noticing my vision wasn't as good and everything. And then I, I realized, wait, there could be joy in this trial. And the revelation just came to me. I'm going, you know what? The enemy's plans for my life are not gonna negate God's plans for my life. God's gonna take everything and turn it around for his good. And as I began to have that joy welled up in my heart and I had this peace that this is gonna be okay and I can actually see better <laughs> just because I'm not all stressed out about it. So Proverbs 31 verse 15 says, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. When we have joy, we don't have to be afraid. We know this all turns out. We know heaven wins, and in the end, we win too. We can remain joyful in troubles, and God is very present help in time of trouble. So first, we wanna spend time with God. Second, imitate Jesus. Third, make the most of your troubles. And fourth way to choose joy is bring joy to others. 
Do you know that joy is an essential part of the Christian faith and the Christian community? When we all come together and not just like being present in the same room, just look around, look at other people in here and go, it's not that we're all in the same room, but we're happy to see each other. We're happy, we're excited, you made it. You made it this week, you made it back. That all the trials and the different things that we have faced, we can come together and know that we have other, other brothers and sisters in the Lord that are happy to see us and we're happy to see them. Joy is the soil that makes redwood faith grow. Acts 2, 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Jesus brought good news. And we can bring good news to others. So one of our ways to choose joy is bring good news, bring joy to others. Acts 15.30, and there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. So the believers can comfort each other in trials, they can be there, and ultimately, Jesus coming to earth and bringing us salvation is the biggest joy that we could ever experience. So today, maybe you've never had the Lord's joy. You've never experienced what it is to know God and be in his presence, have him facing you and you facing him, and today, you're gonna have an opportunity to receive that joy. And maybe there's others of you who are here and you're like David, and you're like, you know what? I had that joy once and I've turned. And today you can repent and turn back to God and experience that joy. Let the Lord give you your joy back. And the third, the third, some of you might have joy, but you haven't been bringing it. You haven't been bringing it to community and you have an opportunity to reflect and go, you know what, I'm gonna bring joy to others. And then there's some of you here that maybe you have lots of joy and you're like, oh, I haven't been in that Redwood faith and connecting with other believers yet. And you can have the opportunity to find your community. I just encourage you to take your next step, whether it's signing up for Girl Track, uh, we're gonna launch new groups in June and jump into a new group or start one and get connected and you can serve too. If you need a joy mentor, Sarah, Pastor Sarah Bright in the First Impressions, she's a great joy mentor. You can jump in at any of our campuses and be a part of that. So as a worship team comes, I wanna share with you a testimony from Felisa. Now, I met Felisa in Girl Track. She's an awesome, awesome woman of God. And uh, she ended up joining First Impressions, and when she did, she talked to Pastor Sarah and told her her story and her testimony of how she came to Emmanuel. And Sarah was so moved. She's like, Felisa, can you write that down and email it to me? I'd love to share it with Pastor Nate and Jody. So Felisa did, and uh, we were given the email, and uh, I contacted her and said, can I have your permission to share this at church? And she's like, sure, Jody, if it will bless other people, you have my permission. So she sent me a picture. So this is Felisa. Okay, and her husband, Ron. Okay, here's my testimony. Five years ago, I moved to Minnesota from Georgia. We moved to Isani, Minnesota before finally settling into our forever home in East Bethel. Having been raised in the church, we wanted to find a church home where we could begin to serve and connect with our community. We prayed, and on three occasions, we had driven past Emmanuel, heading to Sam's Club, that the Lord was clear in saying to us, go visit Emmanuel. Being a stubborn individual, I questioned if the voice was the Lord or my own. We continued searching for a church home, and after visiting five different churches in the surrounding area, we became disheartened and quickly understood 
our attendance was not welcomed. My husband and I talked and prayed to the Lord for guidance. We believe and honestly cried on our hands and knees in the kitchen one Sunday after leaving a local church where we were clearly not wanted. We cried out to the Lord, asking and pleading for a church home for people like us. The Lord allowed my tears to flow while softly reminding me of Emmanuel. And I just wanna insert, we pray that, that the Lord draws people here so it's so moving to hear that he is. But I was still hesitant to attend in person I shared with my husband the reminders God had gently shared with me about Emmanuel. One week later, we agreed to check out Emmanuel, but we didn't want anyone to see us. Or more transparently, we didn't want to feel unwanted again. We attended Emmanuel for the first time in the online community. Our lives were changed the very first service when Pastor Nate said to us, we are a community of diversity. We knew God had Pastor Nate put that simple phrase in his message for us. After so much disappointment from the other local churches, we were overwhelmed with the diversity we saw during worship service and the images of church community when researching the website. The next Sunday, we attended the Spring Lake Park campus. From the moment we drove into the parking lot, we were welcomed. We felt loved. More importantly, we knew we had made it home. Going into the lobby and having people sincerely welcome us, offer us coffee, and say hello made us feel embraced. In essence, we were never made to feel new or unwelcomed. Next month, we will reach our one-year anniversary attending Emmanuel. Our hearts were captured by the outpouring of love from what I later learned to be first impressions. The love that was shared with us every single day time we came to service is the reason I wanted to be a part of First Impressions. God was with us the whole time we were searching for a church home. His hands and feet are at Emmanuel. We have come full circle and we are happy to be a part of the Emmanuel community. Thank you, Felisa. People matter. We matter. How we treat others matter. And when we are full of God's joy, it overflows. And I just love that Emmanuel means God with us. His presence is a distinctive of our church. And it's not just his presence is in this room, it's he's looking at us and his presence flows through us to others. So we can look at each other and say, you made it, you made it, you made it, you made it. We're gonna make it in this journey. What if we all choose joy? What if we spend time with God and with his face shining on us so his face can shine through us? What if we imitate Jesus, knowing that he brings joy and that he came to seek and save the lost? What if we made the most of our troubles, realizing that others have troubles too and we can encourage them and be encouraged by others in the body? Our journey will grow stronger as we do that. And what if we bring joy to others? we look for our opportunity even in this church to go, you know what, you matter. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.